Welcome to the Take New Ground podcast, where we champion the creative class and help them grow personally and professionally. Now, here's your host, CJ Alvarado. What's good, my friends? In this episode, we're going to continue our discussion about perceptions, but here's the thing. I want to talk today about how to know exactly what your customer or your boss or those decision makers really think about you, about your work, your contribution. This is really important. And it's not for some insecure, I need validation purposes. You got to go do that work on your own. And we may hit a, we may, we may do an episode on that, but this is for very strategic purposes because how people think about you is the secret to understanding how they're going to deal with you. You know, for many years as a young creative and professional, I got real frustrated, man. I just felt like you guys weren't listening to my ideas. Felt like these folks just didn't care about what my team wanted to do. The way they dealt with us was something I allowed myself to get frustrated. Now, that was early on. Unfortunately, you know, it, it doesn't really tr- change. There's, there's ways that your prospective customer or your boss or their bosses tend to deal with you. And that should be a signal because, again, people tend to treat you based on who they think you are, not on who you think you are. You go into your office, you do your good creative work, maybe you're a CEO, CMO, whatever it is, you're doing your work, you think you're communicating, you think you're working hard on the behalf of your employees, you think what they hear from you is all the right stuff. And what we often learn and what I see from a marketing perspective and from a communication perspective and just a you know my own personal experience oftentimes there's a difference between what we say and what people hear so I want to get after providing a very very practical solution for how you can start to learn exactly what your what people are thinking and this works you know, for your customer, this works for you personally and your boss or your stakeholders. And I'm going to lean very heavily on a framework provided by the brilliant Carla Harris here because there's no real need to reinvent the wheel on this one. And she has an acronym called LAND, L-A-N-D, which is the, the goal here is to land the right perception, right? And I've said this before, perceptions are, they're the co-pilot to reality, Right? They're the mental stories and roadblocks and things that are happening in the mind of decision makers, whoever they are. And those things are going to work for you or against you. They're going to be roadblocks or they're going to provide super highways of access for you. So let's get right into it. Land, L-A-N-D. The first letter in the acronym stands for listen. This may seem obvious. This is where everybody kind of dozes out. You listen. The truth is perceptions are everywhere. And if you start to tune your ear to them, you'll see that they're everywhere, right? Uh, This happened to me not long ago. A CEO I've worked with for a long time introduced me to another CEO as the social media guy. I cringed inside. I'm like, I've done 
digital transformation work for this guy's business that's created millions in new revenue and impact. And I was, I was like social media guy. Like you reduced it all to the social media guy. Maybe my ego got a little triggered. But listening helped me reframe the conversation and I was able to do that. Right. So you can you can hear what people are saying. Sometimes people will tell me, hey, can you go into that meeting because they listen to you? Okay. Well, that tells me everything about their perception, right? Or if you listen to, you know, a a stakeholder or decision maker, excuse me, you know, they may be they may say something like, you know, she's a hard worker, but she's just really nice. Okay. That may be implying that deep down they have this perception that you're a hard worker, but maybe not ready. For, for a managerial or senior leader position. Maybe you're not ready to be in the room. So we have to listen because these perceptions are everywhere. The second letter in the acronym is ASK, right? Formal evals like 360s are nice, but I don't want to wait that long. I don't want to wait till the end of the year to try to formulate and gather and then synthesize all this feedback. I want to understand as much as I can in real time. So I get on the offensive and I start asking people. I ask people for not just feedback. I ask for bold feedback. Oftentimes, I'll talk to people and say, listen, I'm going to ask you a question, and I need an honest answer, and I'm coming to you because I believe you'll give me an honest answer. right? So I'll ask four to six people for feedback, two to three of those people that do not appear to be your biggest fans, and then two to three that are your fans. So we're looking for four to six people, two to three people who you know, aren't necessarily your big fans and two to three that are. And you then kind of see what the themes are. You ask for their perspective on your strengths, suggestions for what you could work on to be more successful. You'll get a much clearer picture of what you need to work on and or be aware of. Non-fans have legitimate feedback. So be open, right? The, the key here is be a learner. Always. Non-fans may become fans when they see how open you are to them. And that's happened to me a number of of occasions. People who I just didn't get along with, um, you know what? I'm going to go make that person my ally. And you can start by asking feedback. Hey, what's it like to work on the other side of me? That's a question I love to ask people. Hey, what's what's it been like to work on the other side of me? Right? And oftentimes it softens them up they're able to talk they're able to tell you exactly what they're thinking and and you you take steps toward becoming allies if you're a teacher do people think you're a master at implementing the latest teaching methodologies at engaging students or producing high results in the classroom or do they think uh you're kind of like set in your ways if you're a creative a designer a photographer a videographer do people think you're a master at having a pulse on what is going to inspire people Or do they think that you're a a creative, only concerned with your own creative preferences? Come on, somebody. If you're a senior leader in the C-suite, do people think you're a great problem solver? Do they think that you inspire teams? Or do they feel like you are a tyrant obsessed with being the only person at the top of the intellectual hierarchy? Oh, Lord. Some people are that way, right? They have to be the only people at the pinnacle of the intellectual hierarchy. Nobody wants to work for that person. Okay, so that's ask. You can start asking questions to get a sense for what people actually think. The second letter or the third letter in the acronym is navigate. Now that you know 
what some of the existing perceptions are, we can start to think about how do we change them and navigate them. Because you're not going to hear everything that, again, aligns with what you think, not unless you've been very intentional about doing this. So most people get surprised when they start hearing like, you know, man, you, you, you're a little rough around the edges. Or, you know, you seem really shy. Or you seem a bit like you got a chip on your shoulder. Right? Most folks are, are a little bit surprised when they start to uncover these perceptions. So what I recommend is now that you know what some of those existing perceptions are, let's go to work on what you believe should be a part of your perception. What is authentic to you? This has to be authentic. We're not looking to identify three adjectives or attributes that are so aspirational that they're just not anywhere near who you actually are. Listen, folks, the goal here is to bring your authentic self into the workplace and then to demonstrate that your authentic skills and strengths can add value to the problems that the organization is trying to solve, that your three adjectives and attributes can can uh, create incredible impact for the organization. That's the goal. We're not trying to fake the funk on the master dunk. That's what we used to say back in the hood and in Redwood City, Bay Area, Redwood City, California in the Bay. We used to say that on the basketball court. You know, when somebody was trying to fake it and somebody was trying to fake something, don't fake the funk on the master dunk. I don't even know what that really means, but we used to say it. The gist of it is don't fake it. Be you. Be authentic. But that's not the end. We need to list the three authentic adjectives that we feel best describe us, and then we need to make sure that we can show that those things add value. Now, my three adjectives are strategic, creative, or innovative. I do use those words interchangeably depending on where I am, and empathetic. Now, why? Real quick, okay? The reason why I chose those words is because I've always been a creative, a creative leader. I've worked in the creative industry. I started in the music industry. I've ran music studios. I've transitioned into music technology spaces, always in marketing, uh, but I've always been around creatives, designers, photographers, writers, right? I've always been a creative at heart. What's been very important for me in my career is to demonstrate and to be intentional about the strategic quality of, of, of my own being, to show people, no, 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 I'm incredibly strategic. I think strategically. I see the map at a high level and can connect dots really, really quickly. That said, I'm going to do that very creatively. I think like a creative. I can shift my brain from strategy to creative very, very quickly. In the same meeting, I can go from how we're going to double revenue here, or how we're going to scale you know, this particular product right into creative campaigns. But the, the thing that's also important to me, the third piece, is, is empathy. I want people to understand that though I'm direct, though I can be very strategic and very business-minded and creative, I also want to be accessible. I want to be a team player. I want to inspire the best out of people around me. I'm very empathetic of where they are. Okay, So those are my three adjectives, strategic, creative, empathetic. What are yours? You should have three things that you are constantly driving home with the decision makers around you. And those three things should be authentic to you and they should be things that you can clearly draw a line back to how they add value to the company, which leads us to the fourth and last letter in our acronym, 
demonstrate. D stands for demonstrate. Like I said, you now have to demonstrate how your strengths can help the organization. Listen, I got to talk to my creative people for a second. If you're a, a, a senior level leader, you know, you maybe you're not like a designer or photographer. Hang on here for a minute because I'm probably about to tell them something you have wanted to say. If you're a, a creative in the more traditional sense, you are actually a designer pushing pixels. You are actually a photographer, a videographer, a writer, or whatever it may be, copywriter, a marketer. Okay, that's great. You have to demonstrate how your design or your art and creative can grow the business. I, you have to demonstrate how you can be more than just your own personal creative preferences, right? You, you just don't want to be the kind of creative that all you really seem to stand for are your own ideas. Like, I just like blue. I like the color blue. We should go with blue. Well, how does that connect to the business doubling? How does your creative choices and commitments, how can you demonstrate that they will create value? I love the creatives that are saying, I'm choosing this color, not because I necessarily love it or like it personally. I'm doing this because I think it will resonate more deeply with our customer and drive decision making. You know, really young creatives have a hard time. They're all about preferences and not values. Right, They're all about their personal preferences. This is cool. Well, what's cool, man? Like, you know, if you work for Target and you don't like the way Target does their design because you want something more hip and crazy, like, you know, what Adidas puts out for their Yeezy brand, well, you might be in the wrong seat. It's not cool to call Target uncool because you have a personal preference. You have to demonstrate how your design prowess and capabilities can bring value to where you are. Just having a personal preference is not enough. I sound like I was standing on a little bit of a soapbox, but hopefully y'all get my heart and hopefully you understand what what I'm getting at. My point here, you have to know how to make yourself relevant to any organization that you're working for. And if people don't perceive that you have some differentiating factors, if people don't describe you using those adjectives, and, and in a way that are in line with the company's goals, then the chances are really high that you're going to fade into the background. The chances of you getting in the room are really slim because I've t- I'm going to talk about this in other episodes. When you understand power, powerful people, decision makers are looking for those attributes that are going to help them solve the problems that are most relevant to them. So if you're not intentional about demonstrating the parts of you that can add value, you're not going to get in the room. You're going to have a hard time staying in the room. Then finally, it's good to know to list three important goals for the organization. You should always know this, in my opinion. Um, I make an effort to understand what the, the, the biggest pain points are for every one of my clients. I work with a lot of CEOs directly and CMOs. I know what's keeping them up at night. What does your organization want most right now? Do they want creative? Maybe their currency that they trade on is creativity, new ideas, big, bold ideas. Hey, that's the currency that that a lot of organizations trade on. That said, some organizations trade on a currency that is more about execution, velocity to execution, Get shit done. 
right? That's what they're all about. So how, how can you understand what the organization wants most? What does the decision maker value most? What do they want most? And then how can you align your strengths and your authentic abilities with the goals, with their goals? So it's not just about hard work. That's not it. It's about helping decision makers know where and how to file you in their minds. Okay, so when you understand exactly what people think about you, you will then start to see it makes sense why they're dealing with me this way. If you want to get in the room, if you want people to call you, I need you in my office right now because we're having a discussion. That can happen, believe it or not. You can be on vacation and people needing to talk to you because they want you in the room and will be willing to do it on your terms, wherever you are, for however long you can get them, right? That's actually possible. It's only possible, though, when we learn to listen what the, of what those perceptions are, ask specifically, have the, have the courage to ask people what they actually think and feel, then have enough emotional fortitude to navigate those and to identify what is our strengths, our authentic strengths, and then to demonstrate how those strengths can add value. I hope this has been helpful to you guys. I'd love to hear what frameworks are you using. This is just helpful to me. I'm sure there's more that are out there. What is useful to you? What are you guys finding that work? Do you find that you are actually intentional with your vendors? Are you intentional with the decision makers? Are you intentional with your boss and their bosses about just demonstrating how your your abilities you know, can, can add value? If not, chances are you're missing out on a ton of influence that you can be having. Until next time, see ya. Five, four, three. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow CJ on all social platforms at CJ Alvarado.